is a message from one of our Sunday celebrations. And you can find out more about Jubilee by visiting our website at www.jubilee.org.uk. Final part in our, our current preaching series. So we've been looking at, uh, we had a series that's called Growing In, dot, dot, dot. And we've been looking at a whole number of things that we want to grow in as Christians. We want to grow numerically, certainly, but we also want to grow deeper in our relationship with God and what he's doing in our lives as well. And so if you're searching or if you're asking questions, growing in your knowledge of God is key to understanding things, isn't it? And, uh, and so uh, growing in your understanding of faith. And that is a process. That doesn't happen in a moment. That's why we call it growing in. It's something that happens over a period of time. We've looked at things like prayer, family life, character, loving one another, serving. All these sort of things that as a Christian, somebody that's following Jesus, you'd want to grow in. And our final subject this morning is again an area that I think it's safe to say that we are all growing in, not having got to quite where we want to, but knowing it's something that God has spoken to us about, but we want to grow in and learn more about in him. And that's the whole area of healing. And so to help us this morning, we're going to open up God's words and uh, look at uh, a passage in the Gospel of Luke where we see Jesus healing somebody. So if you've got a Bible with you, if you'd like to turn, please, to Luke chapter 8. Luke chapter 8, we'll read from verse 40. So if you can turn, scroll, click, or recall to memory, some of you maybe. Luke chapter 8, verse 40. Now when Jesus returned, a crowd welcomed him, for they were all expecting him. Then a man named Jairus, a ruler of the synagogue, came and fell at Jesus' feet, pleading with him to come to his house, because his only daughter, a girl of about 12, was dying. As Jesus was on his way, the crowds almost crushed him. And a woman was there who had been subject to bleeding for 12 years. Interesting, isn't it? Same period of time <laughs> that uh, Jairus' daughter had been alive. She had uh, been bleeding for 12 years, but no one could heal her. She came up behind him and touched the edge of his cloak, and immediately her bleeding stopped. Who touched me? Jesus asked. When they all denied it, Peter said, Master, the, the people are crowding and pressing against you. But Jesus said, someone touch me. I know that power has gone out from me. Then the woman, seeing that she could not go unnoticed, came trembling and fell at his feet. In the presence of all the people, she told why she had touched him and how she had been instantly healed. Then he said to her, daughter, your faith has healed you. Go in peace. If you want to know what happened to Jairus' daughter, you can read to the end of the chapter but we're not going to look at that this morning let's pray and we'll look at these things together lord jesus we do thank you for your presence with us we thank you so much lord for your words to us and uh, now we pray to you the living words and pray that you would illuminate scripture to us help us understand what we've read together and lord by your spirit would it come and would you come and do us good would you come and teach us would we grow in our understanding of these things this morning? 
Would you speak to us, please? We ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. <clears throat> Amen. Okay, so if you read through the Gospels, which are the biblical accounts of Jesus' earthly ministry, then you will find that lots of the Gospels, or lots of the, um, the elements of the Gospels are about Jesus healing. Lots is recorded about Jesus healing people. And you can ask the question, well, why is that? Why was it such a big thing for him to be doing with his time? And there's a number of reasons. We don't have time to, to get into them in detail this morning, but just to give you some headlines. The first one is compassion. Jesus had compassion for people, didn't he? He loved people. He really did. He had compassion for them. He allowed his heart to be moved. People were not just a project for him. They weren't just a nice sermon illustration that could be used. He had compassion for people. He really, really loved people. He didn't just see crowds. He saw individuals that he knew, that he loved, that he wanted to minister to. There are passages that talk talk about Jesus having compassion, about his heart being moved. You might remember that when Jesus went to see Mary and Martha after Lazarus had died... The shortest verse in the Bible tells us that Jesus wept. It's interesting, isn't it? It's Jesus wept when you think, but he knows what he's going to do. He knows he's going to raise Lazarus from the dead, so why cry about it? Why not just arrive and go, don't worry, it'll all be fine. Because he knows that Lazarus is going to raise him from the dead. Why, Why does he cry? He cries because he sees people's pain. His heart's moved. He had compassion on people. He was not aloof, but rather he was involved in people's lives. You know what? He still is today. He still is today. Jesus still has compassion. He still loves people. The lesson for us is to allow our heart to be moved. It's it's so easy, isn't it, to to allow to you know not to let our hearts be moved about situations. Just to think, not really my problem. Not going to get involved, or maybe I've been hurt before. I'm just going to walk away. Jesus calls us to really love people and have compassion on people. That's one of the reasons that he healed, because of compassion. But also it's a demonstration of God's love. Healing people demonstrated that God loved them and was interested in them. You know what? The same thing is true today. It is, isn't it? The same thing is true today. God still loves people and he's still interested in people. It's amazing, isn't it, that God who created heaven and earth loves us and loves others too. It's a demonstration of God's love. But healing is also a demonstration of God's power. Jesus used healing to authenticate his message. He talks about it as a demonstration of proving who he was. So in Mark chapter 2, for example, Jesus heals a paralytic who is let down on a mat through the roof of the house that he's in. And Jesus says this, Mark 2 verse 10. But that you may know that the Son of Man, he's talking about himself there, has authority on earth to forgive sins, he said to the paralytic, I tell you, get up, take your mat and go home. And he got up, took up his mat and walked out. In full view of all of them. 
This amazed everyone, and they praised God, saying, we've never seen anything like this. Jesus wasn't afraid to use healing to demonstrate and authenticate his message, who he was. It was a demonstration of God's power. The end of Mark's gospel, Jesus says, go into all the world and preach the gospel. And these signs will accompany those who believe. They will place their hands on sick people and they will get well. Do you notice the phrase there that these signs will accompany those who believe? It doesn't say these signs will accompany those who preach or these signs will accompany those who lead. It says those who believe. Can you turn to the person next to you and say those who believe? So if you believe in Jesus this morning, if you're following him, then what the Bible says very clearly here is that these sort of signs will accompany you. They should be a demonstration of God's power and they should accompany all of us who believe. Do you believe that? It's what the Bible says. It's what God's word says to us. And like everything, when our experience doesn't match up with what God's word says, guess what needs to change? And it's not God's word. His word is the same yesterday, today, and forever. And so if our experience doesn't match up with what we read, we need to come back to him and say, Lord, would it it match up, please? Would you show us what we need to do? Would you teach us? Would we be open to your spirit? Would you help us to grow in these things? That's what we need to be doing in this area. It's a demonstration of God's power. I was reading through parts of Luke this week. It's interesting how, uh, in just in, in a few verses together, Luke connects healing, setting free from the oppression of the demonic, and preaching the gospel, all in the sort of same passage. They actually all go together, friends. Healing is a demonstration of God's power. But as well as that, it's also the kingdom of God breaking in. It's the rule or reign of God breaking in to our everyday life. Jesus talked a lot about the kingdom of God. It might not be a phrase that we use in everyday language. Maybe we should use it more because Jesus talked about it a lot. And what he meant by this was not an earthly kingdom. It's not like a geographic place you go to and get your passport stamped or a visa to enter the country. But rather, it's an area of influence. The kingdom of God is where God reigns. It's where his rule is exercised. That's where God's kingdom is. And so when somebody becomes a Christian, when somebody responds to the work of God in their lives, puts their trust in Jesus and follows him, we can say the kingdom of God has come to them because God's rule is now evident in their life. In a town, if lots of people turn to Jesus, you might say the kingdom of God has really come to that place. It's a reoccurring theme in the New Testament. Time and time again, Jesus talks about the kingdom of God. And when the church makes a difference in society, so for example, what we were doing on Monday is an expression of God's kingdom. It's his kingdom coming. It's us blessing people in his name. And as someone is prayed for and healed, the kingdom of God comes to them. Amen? 
So we talk quite a lot about the church. Actually, Jesus talked a lot about the kingdom. And the church has a responsibility to bring in the kingdom of God, to be the vehicle that God uses to usher in his kingdom. That's what he wants us to be doing, to be, to be carriers of, bringers in of, if you'd excuse the poor English, his kingdom. Is that okay? I'm, I'm, I'm allowed. Thank you. To be bringers in of his kingdom. That's what he's calling us to do. So as food parcels are given out in Jesus' name, the kingdom of God is expressed to people. As a whole bunch of kids are cared for, smile on a monthly basis, the kingdom of God is expressed. Every time the church demonstrates God's love in a practical way, the kingdom of God is extended. And friends, we have a responsibility too to be bringing the kingdom of God to our places of work, where we are on a daily basis. It's not just about here on a Sunday for an hour or two, but God is calling us to be carriers and bringers in of his kingdom wherever he calls us to be. And for many of us, most of our week is spent in a work environment. God wants you to bring us in of his kingdom in that environment, too. Uh, just to digress slightly, I felt God speak to me during the, the worship time earlier. I had some words for people, and it wasn't quite the opportunity to, to bring them then. And I was saying, Lord, you know, what are you saying? I, I thought I should bring them now. So if you'll excuse the slight digression, you'll, you'll see the link, perhaps. I, I felt God speak to me about this whole area of bringing in his kingdom in places of work. Now, I know that applies to all of us. And actually, all of you who are in a work environment could take this and say, yeah, I know God's speaking to me about bringing in his kingdom in a work environment. But there, there are a few people I felt God highlight to me. The first was Val Blundell. Val, I know that you'll be finishing work soon. And that's not a prophetic word. You told me that. Um, <laughs> uh, but I, I felt God speak to me about your place of work. And in, in these last few weeks or months as you, as you are there, that still God wanted you to be a carrier of his kingdom. And actually, he wanted to say to you that what you leave behind as you go, you might not see, but will still have an effect. And he wanted to encourage you that even in these last few weeks or so uh, in the university, that... Uh, you might not see what you leave behind, but it's like you will leave a deposit of his kingdom there uh, as you seek to be faithful to him in these next few weeks. So I trust that will be of an encouragement to you uh, as you seek to, to honor him there. Uh, and also and the other two people were James, Gr James Green and John Batten. And I felt God uh, speak to me about you guys, and it's really the same word for both of you, so I'll try and sort of look in both directions at once. And uh, really about there'll be an opportunity for you in your work environment coming in this sort of next while where you can be a bringer in of his kingdom. And it might be a conversation, it might be an event, uh, it might be a situation that you find yourself in uh, where through being faithful to what God has spoken to you about, you can bring in his kingdom into your work environment. And so I felt God would want you to look for that and to, and to pray for that. And for when that comes, <laughs> to step into it knowing that God has spoken to you about it already. And you can be confident in it. And you can be confident in trusting God in it because he's already spoken to you about it now. I hope that makes some sense. You can, well, that'd be good to pray for you guys afterwards, actually. So, the, uh, the kingdom of God, we're not fully there yet, are we? 
So we, we taste the kingdom. We, we taste elements of it. We don't fully see God's rule and reign yet. And we won't do until Jesus returns. We live in the sort of the in-between bits, between when Jesus first came and when he's returning. Now, that's not an excuse to give up on what we don't see and say, oh, we won't get it until Jesus returns. But neither we should be at the other extreme of expecting to be in the fullness of the kingdom because that won't happen until Jesus does return. But we live in the middle bit and we've got a responsibility before God to be carriers of and bringers in of, almost like pulling in the kingdom of God into our here and now. And we don't see it all yet. The reality is not every person we pray for is healed. Even Lazarus died again. But actually... God wants to put in our hearts a desire to see more of his kingdom and be pulling in more of it now, not backing off and going, well, we're not going to see it all until Jesus returns. Do you understand am I making that clear? Does that make sense? Let's be asking God for, for more. Yes, we're still pain and suffering. We're in that in-between time, and now and the not yet, as sometimes it's called. But let's keep going for more. Let's keep asking God for more. So let's go back to our accounts in Luke before we forget the passage we read completely. And I've preached on this passage before. And I've often spoken about Jairus, the synagogue ruler uh, that, um, that we read about. passage here in, in Luke chapter 8. You might want to have it before you. So I spoke before about this guy Jairus and his daughter, but I felt God speak to me about speaking about this woman who almost interrupts the account, really, isn't she? We've got this account of Jesus um, here, and he's just sort of dealing with this situation, and uh, this guy is asking Jesus to go to his house and heal this, his daughter who's sick. And it's like Jesus is on his way. And then suddenly this woman sort of interrupts the account and uh, everything pauses and stops while Jesus deals with her. And in some ways it appears she sort of barges in, doesn't she? Rather uninvited upon the scene. You can imagine Jairus going, not now, not now. My daughter's sick. Yes, I know you're ill, but can't it be later? But Jesus stops. So the reality is that this woman takes hold of the opportunity that is before her. She sees Jesus and she knows this might be her only chance to be healed. And she takes it. Remember, Luke is a doctor. He's interested in medical things. So it's not surprising that he's recalling for us some accounts of healing. And her problem, we're told, is one of bleeding. This would have made her ceremonially unclean. She would have been shunned by the Jewish society. It was not a good problem to have. Mark tells us that she had spent all that she had on doctors and had unfortunately suffered under them. So rather than help the problem, they appear to have made it worse. There's, uh, in the commentaries, there's all sorts of um, records of what medical treatments at that time might have been. And uh, they weren't great, it has to be said. One remedy consisted of drinking a goblet of wine, that's not so bad, but containing powder compounded from rubber, alum and garden crocuses. Doesn't sound so good now. There's some other rather strange uh, methods as well. So she wasn't, they didn't work for her, unsurprisingly. But she sees Jesus and thinks maybe this is her opportunity 
to be healed. Maybe Jesus can heal me, she thinks. And she thought if she could just touch Jesus' cloak, she would be healed. She would be set free from her affliction. And that may have been just a misunderstanding on her part, thinking there was some magical property in his cloak. She may not have fully understood who Jesus really was and is. But unbeknown to her, she was reaching out to the Son of God. That's who she was reaching out to. And so before we get too judgmental and seek to correct her theological misunderstanding, we need to realize this. God responds to untheological prayers from unsaved people. It's a good quote, isn't it? <laughs> probably wasn't me. probably stole it, stole it from somewhere. God responds to untheological prayers from unsaved people. Think about it. He does, isn't he? He did from us. When we responded to Christ, did we have everything sewn up? Did we really understand everything about the gospel? We probably knew enough to get saved. We knew enough that of our understanding to know that Christ had died for our sin and that trusting in him could bring our forgiveness and new life. We may not have understood everything else, but that was okay. It was enough. God responds to untheological prayers from unsaved people because he sees their hearts. And that's what was going on here. So this woman hadn't got her theology straight. She hadn't been on a Freedom in Christ course or an Alpha course or anything else that would help her to understand things. All that she knew was that Jesus could help her. And that was enough. That was enough. She pushed through the crowd. She overcame the obstacles to being there. She ignored the expectation of others. She pushes through. She reaches out. And in that moment of touching Jesus, she's wonderfully healed. She's wonderfully set free. And immediately, Jesus wants to know who touched her. That's bonkers, isn't it? It's crazy. He's in a crowd. And immediately, he turns around and says, who touched me? And the disciples are thinking, Lord, have you not seen all these people? How do you want to know who touched you? Look at them all. And it would have been a crowd like the next sale on Boxing Day. Like the Apple store, the new uh, launch of a new iPhone. You know, it would have been like a famous celebrity walking down the road, getting followed by the paparazzi and the autograph hunters. Of course there would have been people, of course there were people pressing in, touching him. But he knew this was different. He knew that here was somebody that was reaching out. He knew that power had gone from him and that someone had been healed. This wasn't just a random bumping into. This had a touch of faith about it. This woman reached out in faith. And in that moment, she's healed. Jesus stops. He speaks to her ever so tenderly. Do you see what, he, see what he says? He says, daughter, your faith has healed you. Go in peace. It wasn't his cloak that healed her. It was her faith in him that had healed her. So what are the implications for us? Well, we need to be reminded that Jesus loves to heal. He really does. He really does. Jesus loves to heal even today. Amen? He loves to respond to faith. And we don't fully understand the role that faith plays, but it certainly plays a part. 
let's be clear, it doesn't mean if you're not healed, it's because you didn't have enough faith. That's not what the Bible says. Let's be really clear about this. But God does respond to faith. He loves to see faith in our hearts. And his command to you and to I is to heal the sick in his name. Notice not to pray for the sick, but to heal the sick in his name. Matthew chapter 10, verse 1. Jesus caused his 12 disciples to him and gave them authority to drive out evil spirits and to heal every disease and sickness. Friends, as followers of Jesus, we have that authority. We have that authority. And this is an area for us to grow in together. We may not be where we want to be, but we're going to be pressing in to more of what God has for us. So this morning, in a moment, we're going to pray for anyone who's sick. Now, I know we did that a little bit earlier. I didn't get any feedback to say that lots of people were healed at that time, though many of you may have experienced a touch of God upon your life. So I'm anticipating there are perhaps some still sick people here this morning. Maybe you weren't prayed for earlier, or maybe you still need God to do more. So we're going to pray for people in a minute. But before we do that, let's just finish off commenting about this woman. She reached out. Jesus was her last hope. For 12 years, she had suffered with this problem. Doctors hadn't been able to help her. She reached out to Jesus as maybe her last hope. I wonder, is that you this morning? Have you maybe looked elsewhere? Have you maybe searched elsewhere, reached out elsewhere to no avail? Have you perhaps turned elsewhere for help or for healing? As this woman reached out to Jesus, she was healed. Jesus healed her in response to her faith. And so I want to encourage you this morning, dear friends, to reach out to Jesus. Whatever your situation is, whatever the last 12 years have been like, or however long it is for you, this morning, reach out to him. Just as this woman did. Reach out to Jesus. Come to him. The kingdom of God can come to you today. Jesus can touch your life today. You can experience God in your life this morning. Maybe for the first time you can reach out to him. Maybe for you it's an area of healing. Maybe for you it's putting your trust in him for the first time. Maybe it's reaching out to him and saying, yes, Lord, I want to follow you. I've maybe looked elsewhere. I've, I've wondered about other things. But this morning I want to trust in you. And you might not have a complete understanding yet, but that's okay. Because Jesus calls you to respond to him. And you can grow in your understanding. You can grow in your relationship with him. But this morning you can make a decision in your heart to reach out to Jesus. And friends, if you've never done that, I want to encourage you this morning. Maybe today is the day for you to do that. To reach out to him. So if uh, the band can come back, Mel and um, Caroline, if you could join us again, please. We're going to pray in a moment. And uh, I was 
praying this week about this morning. And so I felt God speak to me about uh, one or two people that there may be that he would want to, to heal. And so I know, Lou, you've got a couple of words as well. So do you want to be running out here just as I'm talking? That would be great, please. So this is what we're going to do. We're going to pray in a, I'm going to pray in a second. And uh, we're going to pray for one another. Before we do that, I'm just going to share what I feel God's spoken to me about. And if this describes you, can you put your hand up for me, please? And uh, in a moment, not quite yet, I'll ask you to come forward and we'll pray for you. Um, but there are a few conditions that I felt God speak to me about. So if this is you, this describes you, then uh, if you can indicate that to me, if you can put your hand up, that would be really helpful, please. So I, I, God, I think, wants to do all sorts of things this morning, so I'm not restricting it to these things, but this, if you like, is a bit of a starter for 10. This is who I, what I felt God speak to me about. Okay, so I, I felt God speak to me about somebody with neck pain here this morning, and it may be from an injury, sort of whiplash type of thing, um, but is there anybody with a neck condition, neck pain here this morning? You can put your hand in. Okay, great. Well, not great, you've got neck pain. <laughs> I don't mean that. But I'm, I'm thrilled that you're here and I feel God wants to do something for you. So we'll pray for you in a second. That's great. Um, the second one was a problem with your hand. It's like you've got restrictive movement in your hand. It, I thought it might be your left hand. I'm not totally sure on that. Um, yes, is that, is that a hand? Literally that hand. Is that right? Is that your left or right hand, Val? Both hands. Right hand. Okay. So we'll pray for you in a second as well. And then the, the third one I had was abdominal pain, sort of, sort of stomach area pain. Okay. One, two. Okay. Excellent. <laughs> I was say excellent. I don't mean excellent. You've got those conditions. Please don't hear me saying that. It's excellent that, that God wants to do something, I feel, for, for you this morning. Lou, do you want to bring yours? As you said stomach, that was one that came to me as well this morning. So just that's right. Um, right. Um, the, the first one I had was um, actually I felt that someone here who's had um, some hypnotherapy regarding a medical condition that may have worked but has now no longer worked. And I just felt that actually God wants to bring healing to you this morning. And the second one, that's it, wait for a minute. Um, I feel that someone's been having injections um, to help cope with pain and the word crippling came to mind that it's been a crippling pain and that God wants to bring healing. Okay, thank you. You're going to stay around the front. Any response to either of those? Yes. Okay, can we stand together? And so I'm going to pray and then what I'd like us to do is look to the Lord. We're going to sing and worship together and uh, if you, if you're sick this morning, we will pray for you. Okay, but to start with, I'd like to pray for those people that we brought those words of knowledge for. Okay, so if that wasn't you and you're sick, don't worry, we will get to you, I promise you. I'm happy to pray for anybody this morning. There'll be others around that will help us to do that as well. But I'd like to start by, by praying for those that, people that put their hands up a moment ago. But before we do that, let me just pray. And uh, then in a second, I'm going to ask you to come to the front. Lord Jesus, we thank you that you love to heal. We thank you as you read through scripture, time and again we find you having compassion upon people and bringing healing to people's lives. 
and we thank you that you did it then, and we thank you that you still love to do it today. And so, Lord, right now in these moments, we want to pray that you would bring healing to people's lives. Lord, I want to release now your healing presence in this place in the name of Jesus. We pray, Lord God, for an outbreak of the kingdom of God to come right now, this morning, right here in people's lives. And we pray, oh God, that you would bring uh, release and you would bring healing to countless situations right across this room. We ask it, oh God, in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Okay, so if you put your hand up a little bit earlier, could I ask you to come out to the front now, please? And uh, we're going to pray for you uh, in a second. Uh, Caroline's going to lead us in a song. We're going to worship the Lord together. So if you want to make your way down here, Sunday morning.